0: Welcome to the Being in a Band podcast. I'm your host, Monica Strutt, and together we'll be deep diving into all things music marketing, branding, PR, business strategy, as well as the mindset it takes to succeed in today's modern music industry. I know the highs and lows of forging a career in the music biz because after years of side hustling as a musician, music journalist, and digital marketer, I recently quit my nine to five and am more fulfilled than ever working in an industry that I love. Now, it's my full time mission to help musicians and music industry pros like you create a life they're obsessed with. Let's do this. What's up? Welcome back to the Being in a Bend podcast. I'm going to keep this intro super short for you. Not only because I just cannot wait for you to dive into the content, but I am midway through packing my house because I am moving to Fitzroy, so you can probably hear all the tunes happening in the background. There is no way that you can survive packing up a house without good tunes, right? So today is an excerpt from a workshop that I did with coach Stephen Canatelli, who is a band performance coach who has a company called Future Artist Development. He's worked with bands like Thornhill, Yours Truly, Void of Vision, Gloom in the Corner, and my band, The Last Martyr, and so, so many more. And also Jaden Roy, who is a booking agent for Destroy All Lines, and he has a management company called Yeah That Management. And myself, and this workshop is actually part of a bundle which is on sale right now as part of my birthday slash black friday sale which i'm extending until friday the day that i'm recording this is actually on cyber monday so you still have a couple of days from the day this goes live to grab yourself a bundle it's 49 dollars for six workshops and these are so chock-a-block full of value honestly this trumps like probably what I did in my three-year uni degree you guys know how I feel about that no regrets but uh this is real knowledge from actual industry experts on topics such as having a good online presence local band etiquette which is a really interesting workshop actually and it's teaching you how to behave in so many different circumstances from you know during interviews and doing PR to behaving online to at shows and how to basically be a band that everyone wants to work with because because your reputation matters in this industry so I really encourage you to head to monicastrat.com slash black friday and you can check out not only the coach mall bundle which is where this workshop excerpt is from but the other bundles that i have available such as the ultimate branding bundle which is a bundle that is going to help you nail yours or your band's branding and get you the opportunities that you actually want because if you're not where you want to be in your career it's usually not due to lack of exposure and marketing it's probably due to market positioning and your actual brand there is also an early bird special going on for the being in a band academy at the moment you can get it for 60 off and as soon as this sale ends it is going up to 997 but at the moment I'm doing a special price of 365 so that's a dollar a day if you're paying it over a year but you get lifetime access monicastrat.com slash Black Friday, and you can check out those three bundles, which are Coach More Bundle, the Ultimate Branding Bundle, and the Being in a Band Academy Early Bird special that we got going on. I can't wait for you to dive in, but if you want to know how to expand your team and get a booking agent or a manager, then keep on listening. Okay, first, actually, I want to ask you, Jaden, because you do both, what is the difference between a booking agent and a manager, just like as as quick as you can?
1: Yeah, so a booking agent is, um, it it is management, but of, management of the performance schedule of an artist you know and um that pretty much like covers you know singular shows to touring to festivals to you know um media performances and stuff as well um to private functions all the above and it's literally managing the performance schedule of an artist um management in general is like everything around that you know and it's essentially like you know Focusing on the development of the artist, as well as like you know, creating opportunities for the artist, creating a team around the artist, you know, servicing the artist in every way. Um, so, yeah, it's it, it's essentially like a big parental role in a professional way uh, would be probably the quickest and best way I could describe that.
0: Yeah, nice. So, when in a band's career should they be looking at getting a booking agent and manager? What comes first? I would love you both to share your experiences, Um, you know, either coach with, like, the bands that you've worked with and how do you know it's the right time?
2: Do you want me to start this, Yeah, yeah, you go. Sweet. Um, I think, you know, it really comes down to I look at management, uh, you know, the same way as I kind of look at a label. You've got people out there while you're doing the work kind of, as think of it like an octopus. It's like all these tentacles doing the work for you, right? While you're out there touring, uh, while you're out there writing music, recording all of that. Your management is your octopus and the tentacles are doing the work. So, you know, you might have one tentacle, uh, you know, hitting, you know, speaking to the booking agent, another tentacle, um, you know, uh with the label. Yeah, conversing with the label um, and so forth. Now, when you need that, I mean, it's a it's a pretty loaded question, but it's also very subjective as well. Um, I think that, you know, when you need it comes down to when you can no longer do it yourself or further it yourself. Um, now, for every band, this is different. You know, some bands, if I... You know, now that the band's broken up, I can probably reference them and I'm sure they wouldn't mind. I think uh, Harbours, back in Mm. the day, I had a lot to do with. Now, this band was completely DIY um, all the way through to pretty much 2016 where they started to blow up and then they needed somebody to take over the management role because they didn't know enough about it at the level they were moving to now inside the band you had a videographer you had a graphic designer you had a merch printer you had a songwriter producer um you know you had the social media um side of things on there as well so they had a lot of it covered at that point but then all of a sudden bigger opportunities started coming their way And they didn't really have the understanding at that point to be able to go, oh, how do we handle this and how do we further that? So that's when they got a manager on board. Now, you know, this might sound like a four-year evolution. For Harpers, it was very quick, nine-month turnover and boom, they needed a manager. Now, where they got to in nine months A lot of bands don't get to for maybe two to four years. So it's really important to remember everybody's timeline is different. You may have been a band for five years, but you might not need a manager yet. You might have been a band for five months and you might need a manager. It really comes down to what opportunities are coming your way and whether you know how to handle them and make the best of them. So that's my opinion. And Jaden, you can take it from there as, you know, moving up to the next level of it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I think what's most important is always going to be good songs and um, and a good product, you know, because like a lot of the time when I get asked the question, oh, you know, we need a manager, we need a booking agent, you know, we need all these sort of things. Like a lot of the time the product is actually lacking. I've noticed with a lot of artists that have approached me, Um, you know, and that's also subjective as well. You know, some people really like a band's music, you know, and like, they can have like cult followings and and whatnot as well. But like, you know, um, I think sometimes we forget the main point of why we do this in, in that regard. And I feel like a lot of people get caught up in like what they want and what they want to achieve, but then they don't focus on the most important thing, which is the actual product itself. Um, and so, like, it is subjective, you know. Like, a lot of, with a lot of bands' journeys, you know, as well. Um, and like, you know, what you were saying, you know, with like Harvest, that's a great example of a band that you know needed those extra hands or tentacles, uh, so to speak, you know, um, you know, uh, to assist them to go further. Because, like, they had from the very get go a very good product, and then they followed it up with an even better product you know, and they stayed really consistent with that same thing with storm of sky as well. You know, like when we look at those, when we, when we look at those sort of things, same thing with like last martyr, you know, like last minor is a great example of a band that had that, sorry, not had has, sorry, um, that has a really, really great product. And, you know, I've gravitated towards becoming their agent, you know, because of that, you know, and, um, momentum, it comes in very different ways like this. And so, yeah. Um, Focusing on those sort of things, you know, like when you need a manager is when things become completely unmanageable on your own accord, you know, um, I think Parkway driver pulled the curtain back a lot on this with their latest documentary, where I think a Mm -hmm. lot of people were very shocked to find out they were self-managed, um, you know, but fair enough, you know, like, you know, if they've, if they've got like, you know, um, the mindset to do it, you know, and, you know, uh, don't want to sacrifice, you know, 20, 25%, you know, or 30% of all their earnings, you know, um, to a manager to do all those sort of things. So then they just rock up to soundcheck and then play afterwards. That's totally fair, you know? Um, anyway, sorry, Steve.
2: I was just going to say just on that as well um, with Parkway Drive, Luke, their guitarist was their manager for, eight, well, he still is essentially the, the top dog out of, you know, that, but what Luke also did was he didn't just stay in the one spot. He constantly developed his managerial skills and constantly was learning the new, the new game. You know what I mean? The music industry changes every six to 12 months and he really kept on top of it. So for anyone out there listening and going, how did Parkway Drive stay self-managed? They made sure they're up to date with the current system.
1: And a great product.
2: And a great
1: product, and a significantly great product. You know, back and you know, they they pretty much enhance that whole product as well in like every way possible. You know, whether that comes to the live show, to you know the the presentation of all their records and everything as well. They literally cover all bases. You know, and man, and have managed to keep that internal, just like Harpers did a lot of the time, and as well as like you know even Last Matter as well. Like you know, there's a great internal team like within the band. You know, you know, and you know. That's a really interesting, and that's, like, a really interesting one to, you know, also explore in that regard. But, yeah, like.
0: Let's explore it because. (laughs) Let's do it, yeah. (laughs) Because, like, for
1: those. This is a great segue, Monica.
0: (laughs) Well, I mean, for those who don't know, Jaden, we've just announced that Jaden is now the Last Martyrs booking agent officially, Um, and at first we thought that was going to be with, yeah, that agency and now it's Destroy All Lines, which is absolutely incredible. And we we just could not imagine like a better agent to like have representing us and also a better company to be a part of. No, seriously. It was like. No, you the...
1: hang up. Stop.
0: Stop it. No, I think this is like a really important point, which I'm going to talk about in a moment, um, which I, I really want to like put out there is like knowing exactly who you want to be your manager or like who you want to be your agent. But I'll just rewind to what you are saying about the internal team because it wasn't until you know we had a meeting Jaden, that you actually presented us with the idea of i think you guys should be self-managed at least for the foreseeable future and that was really cool to hear you say that because it was validating that you thought we were running the internals of the band successfully enough that because because we have been approached by people to manage us um But I guess we just haven't like found the right person that we clicked with or whatever. And then when you suggested the idea of being self-managed, I was like, fuck, yeah, like we're actually killing it on the internals side of things, like the way that we, um, you know, i manage like the pr and the front end and the social media ricky's like very much on the visuals and the content creation um ben's all about the production and the admin and vin does like video production and does all of our finances so like we have this really cool like team thing going and i thought wow like yeah why would we give away like 20 percent of our earnings especially when we're not really earning anything right now and look at what we've achieved independently so far But where we did need help was getting to that next level show wise, which is why bringing on a booking agent was um, definitely like the right time for us.
1: Yep, absolutely. And, um, you know, you can create like a really cool long term, you know, working relationship like that as well, you know, by just like trying to self manage and, you know, having a booking agent that has his ear to the ground, you know, to create those opportunities on the performance front, you know, to enhance the product being exposed to much more, to many more people. But like, if it's already internally managed, like, like you said, you're saving such a huge percentage, you know, sacrificing to, you know, someone else, you know, I said that ironically as a manager, um, (laughs) as well, Keep, keep in mind, you know, like, um, but, but, but also like, you know, um, there's so many different ways to look at that sort of that sort of stuff, you know. Um, I think one big problem that comes with this industry and especially for younger bands is the romanticism that comes with like wanting these things. Uh, you know, and um, you know, like I notice it a lot whenever I talk to young bands and stuff as well, you know, oh, you know, like we need, you know, we need a manager, just a manager, you know, like a booking agent. You know, it's like, you know, um, Unless like you get someone that's really passionate about your music, what's the point of having someone in your team that doesn't give a fuck like you do, mm-hmm. yeah. you know?
2: Couldn't agree more, man. And I think you absolutely nailed it with the word romanticism. There is this, you know, this idea that if you get a manager, you become a real band or if you sign to a record label, you become a real band. Mm -hmm. That might've been true in 1980, but it ain't ain't that way now. And I think Jaden's really hit the nail on the head with that, that, you know, it may seem like a great idea, but 20% of your money is a lot to give away. And it's a lot to give away to somebody who doesn't give a shit.
1: Yep. Couldn't, couldn't agree more, man. And so like, you know um, you have to be really cautious about like you know who you invite into the inner circle of your band because like you know it's your baby you know like you want to make sure that you know the the person that is carrying your baby you know is someone that you can trust that won't drop it you know i know that sounds really bleak uh the way that i said that super bluntly but like um but like you know it is really important to focus on those sort of things and um i have seen too many times where you know people get a manager and it's just like you know jenny jenny from the street or like you know joey from like around the corner or whatever you know that you know yeah he does like some bands and stuff he works in the industry so you know people say that as like oh you know that's my ticket to the big time sort of thing and it's like well yeah like they could probably say yes you know and you know they could probably throw you on some shows or like you know they could probably you know make some opportunities happen i guess but like you know. If they're not the ones that are like that are that are passionate about the band, you know why would you want to work with someone like that that you're that you're probably going to end up micromanaging anyway, you know? And so, like, yeah. um, So you go, yeah.
2: I was just going to say on that, um, you also need to let's say a big manager comes along, right? It's all good and well to get taken on by big management, but if your band is not ready and then you get put in places where you're supposed to be ready and you don't sell game over, right? You need to make sure that you are ready to embark on that because if you're, if you get up on stage and you play like shit in front of 2000 people, it's all good and well to get that gig, but you've just exposed yourself in a negative way to 2000 people, right? That's, that's really counterproductive. And so many times, you see bands like so how many times has everybody in this conversation right now gone? Oh yeah, that band was on everything, but you know they just didn't do anything. Sometimes bands aren't ready and they take it on too quickly. And when they do that, and maybe that their product's not ready, their live show's not ready, uh, the internal dynamic, their team, all of that. So it really, again, this is why it becomes so subjective because your band could be ready before another band, but you will know in yourself. And I think it's really important to uh, take that look at yourself and your band and go, are we ready to take that next step yet? Or do we hold back for six months, build this, and then reapproach it?
0: So, I mean, Ben just said in the comments, that's why it's better that bands shouldn't approach labels and instead let the labels approach the band. And so, I mean, Jaden, like when you've brought brought on new bands to manage or to book, have they approached you or have you approached them?
1: I have always approached every talent that I have ever worked with. It's like, a, it's a weird psychology. It's, it's a lot like dating, you know, in a lot of ways, you know, you could have someone approach you and, you know, like, you're just like, ah, oh, probably not my thing, you know, but like, if you see something that is attractive, you know, like, I think generally, generally people gravitate towards stuff like that. Um, and you know, um, for all my artists, I, you know, yeah, I've had bands approach me, you know, and I have said yes, but then I've also, you know, in hindsight, you know, no pun intended, um, I've had bands approach me and I've said yes, because I'm flattered that someone has asked me to manage them and like, it feels cool. But then like, I get there, you know, and this was like, you know, me eight, years ago, you know, um, you know, learning the ropes of this sort of stuff, you know, I just didn't find the passion was there, you know, and then I ended up doing like a fairly average job for the band. And then I'd part ways with them shortly afterwards because it just wasn't actually the right fit in the end. And so like, you know, um, for me, I've got to be 110%, um, committed and passionate about a band. If I'm going to take them on, you know, Um, and that's, and I always approach the bands, you know, and, um, yeah. So when it comes to like to like labels and stuff approaching as well, yeah. Like I, I shop artists on labels and stuff all the time, but like, you know, and, and some, and sometimes like, you know, there have been some positive results where they've gone, yeah, we actually really want to work with this, you know? Um, and you know, that still happens, but like it, I find like if you create your own um, your own um, product and as well as like write really great songs, they can, and, and you execute that on your own terms as well, that's more empowering than, than anything else, you know, and creates so much more opportunities, you know. And um, I, I feel like that's how, you know, our working relationship has worked really well, Monica. I heard hindsight and was like, this is unbelievable, you know. And, um, you know, then Ricky showed me the record and I was absolutely blown away by what I, what I heard that, you know, I think I just organically, you know, became super passionate about like what the band was doing and, you know, um, now here we are, you know, like several months later, and I'm now booking the band, and you know, we've been able to already kick so many goals, which is really, really cool.
0: Yeah, and it's so interesting because from the outsider's perspective, like you and I know each other, um, like we've known each other for a couple of years, you've been friends with Rahi for a couple of years as well. Yeah,
1: um I still remember meeting you at Good Things in 2018. I think yeah, yeah, but we've yeah. spoken
0: online like quite a few times before as well. Um yeah. But it's like we did have an EP out in 2019 and we've released music prior to like working with you, but it took like the right music and like, you know, when the like we were work, working with like the right producer and when we decided to rebrand and like really figured out who we were before like, you know, we started getting people such as yourself approaching us. So I just wanted to point that out because like I reckon there's probably people that would be like, oh, like. Jaden and Monica are only working together because they're friends. Well, actually, like, that was, like, probably one of the things that I, I know um, probably stopped you from wanting to work with us because we were friends and not crossing yeah. that, even though, like, everyone in the music industry is, like, friends with each other anyway. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like well, is, like...
1: Yeah, no, you, you, you're so on point because, like, I did have my reservations about taking on Last Marta, um because of my long-term uh, friendship with Ricky. And like, the last thing I want is to damage that in any way, not that it ever would, but like, you know, um, I always have like those things in the back of my mind, you know, whenever like, you know, I, I cross that line of like, you know, from personal going into a working relationship or something, you know, and, um, I definitely had the reservations, but like the record is just so good that like, you know, it just, I just sat on it for so long. And, you know, I think, um, I think, yeah, it, I just grew more and more passionate about the band every day. And so like, you know um, it just felt very evidently clear within all of us as well. Um, You know, I, I think when we were all just hanging out, I think it was when we had dinner at Gold before that co-headliner was future static as well. You know, I felt like that really cemented things, you know, in in a large way where it was just like, okay, this actually feels right. I think we can do this. Let's, let's just do it, you know? And, yeah, I'm, I'm really glad that happened, you know, because, you know, it's taken us to where we are now. And, you know, and even on, like, a label perspective and, like, a promoter perspective as well, like, you know, hindsight has translated so well that, like, you know, it organically grew opportunities like Unify Gathering, you know, for the band, you know.
2: Yeah. And I think as well, you know, um, yes, being friends with people is important and um, it helps develop Meaningful working relationships, I I do believe in that. Um, but it, again, coming down to Jaden's original point and Monica's original point too, product is key, right? Even if you are friends with somebody, if the product's not there and you can't do anything with it, it's really counterproductive to take it on because not only you know, are the people you're pushing it to going to be like, "What the hell is this?" Mm-hmm. Um, you're also going to be a little bit reserved as well, being like, oh, I'm only doing this because they're my friends or, you know, blah, blah, blah. Now, if I take an, ex- uh, an example, um, would be Paperweight, um, you know, they are my, I, they're my housemates, the lead singer and the guitarist are my housemates. Um, but I actually had a hand in pushing them onto their management not because they're my housemates. I've lived with Musos since I was 16 years old, but because the songs were there, right? The songs were there and it was like, cool, this is good to go. This yeah, is good. so
1: catchy, by the way. Sorry to interrupt.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, as soon as those songs were sent off, that's the band hadn't played a show when they signed to management. It was all about that online presence and all about the uh all about those, those songs and the product. Yeah, so you know, I remember
1: because like media was really into it as well. Like you know, seeing you're seeing stations like Triple M actually plug them and like you know give and like really feature them. You know, in in uh, like their countdowns and stuff and like end year tallies and all that sort of stuff as well. Sorry to hijack uh, your points. Really um, no,
2: you're exactly right. Yeah. He go, well, it was basically you know. Ego and me both sent an email to their management within 45 minutes of each other. God, that's so funny. That's so crazy. Like, So, you know, but again, if the songs were not there, I mean, it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have come about. So, you know, yeah, it's all good and well to be friends with people, but that product is key.
1: Yep, absolutely. And I think, um, more people that take the time, you know, if, if you're, it's like, if you're starting out in a band uh, that wants to be career based, um, I think it's really important to actually sit on your songs for a little bit and, you know, really develop them. Like, you know, you got all the time in the world for your first release. So why not make it great? And, um, you know, like I, I, I see a lot of bands that, you know, want to be the biggest thing since yesterday, you know, and they want that like done ASAP. And so, um, you know, and we've touched base on this, like, even on like the first episode that we did, you know, um, a workshop, sorry, not episode, but it feels like an episode. So <laughs> I'm going to stick with that, but, um, you know, like, um, take the time to develop the product, you know, m- most importantly, and, you know, um, there's also no harm in also like collaborating with other people and also like expanding your, you know, your, uh, your artistic growth as a songwriter as well. You know, all these things, you know, will help you in the long term, you know. And um, I think there's also like, you know, this, um, this kind of like purism that comes with like, especially the alternative genre, where it's like, well, Freddie Mercury wrote Bohemian Rhapsody by himself. Like, you know, look at Beyonce and all the 20 producers that she had on this one song. It's like, who the fuck cares? Like at the end of the day, right? Like good songwriting prevails, you know collab with whoever makes sense, you know, and whatever works for you, like do that, you know, that's all that That's all that matters, you know, do what's right for you in that regard, you know. But yeah, I think more people need to hone in on their craft instead of rushing the process of like everything that, you know, because you want to be in a band so badly, you know, and not compromise like the presentation of the art as well, you know. And bands like Last Mara, bands like Harbors and especially Storm the Sky, you know, like Storm the Sky is a really great example of a band that launched with a killer product and it translated immediately, you know. Um, I mean, you know, it, it, it's funny to look at history like that, you know, like um, that first storm, self-titled Storm of Sky EP, you know, they dropped the music video immediately for Giants and, you know, it went viral online, you know, before they had actually played a show under that name, I believe, you know, and they really built up a lot of me- a lot of momentum, but then also like the live show as well was really strong. And, you know, I saw the potential in Storm of Sky, you know, because of all those things, because, you know, you could tell that they were legit. You know that they really cared about all their craft in that regard, so that really attracted me to wanting to manage Storm the Sky. You know, and do all those sort of things. Same same thing goes with you know bands like Bellhaven and and uh, Void of Vision and all those kind of bands. Like I wanted to have some kind of stake, it, it, a part of, of a part of you know the cake. You know, in um, in in that re- in that regard. Sorry, a slice of part of the cake, not a steak in the cake. That doesn't make sense at all. Um, also gross. Um, but yeah. Um, Totally agree with everything uh, and all the points made in that regard.
0: I'd like to talk about figuring out who you want to bring onto your team. So having people in mind, specific people like managers, booking agents and labels and knowing who those people are, not because you're going to approach them at a later date. Because as we've just heard, 100% of the time, Jaden has been the approacher of the bands he's worked with. And, you know, I've I've had like Blasco on the podcast before who's like Out Brides' manager and um, uh, Zach Wild's manager. And he was saying the same thing. 100% of the time, he's the one to approach the band, right? So Mm -hmm. that's that's kind of how it works. Um, Most of the time, I'm sure there's exceptions. But um, the reason why, like, I think it's really important to understand who is to kind of going back on what we touched upon about not romanticizing a manager and a booking agent. And I think it's like fine to romanticize it and identify it a little bit and be like, okay, well, obviously it kind of validates you in the sense that someone else um, sees what you see as long as they're the right person. So like there is definitely like a merit in that milestone, but not as much as what I think people make it out to be. Um, But the reason is that you really have to understand where your band fits in the market, and this is a problem that I see with bands either taking on just any old manager and then getting stuck, in, getting stuck in deals that are not serving them.
1: It's the next step.
0: Yeah, or just getting a manager because they want to say that they have a manager and then they turn around. And I've had oh my god, just I can't even count how many conversations I've had with like bands or like even friends bands who have taken on management. And then they've just turned around and be like, well, we could, could have just done it ourselves. Exactly. And like, I don't know why we didn't. Um, and then there's that market positioning. And often the step before management as well can be like consulting. So my band's done consulting with like, some managers before about okay well what are our next steps because we weren't ready for management but we wanted the feedback of a manager um so that's like a little side note but I think there's something really powerful in identifying okay who are the names of the people that you want to manage you or book you because it makes it more attainable you realize that they're real people and that they exist and it it, it, um Deromanticizes them and it also means that you can look at the bands that they're working with and think logically okay well is my band a fit with the kind of roster that this person likely takes on and if you're not then you know if there's a big disconnect then that's time to like reassess and maybe look at other people um, or it's like well how can we rejig our branding or how can we rejig our production or whatever to be more in line with this person and what's current and I think you guys know that I don't mean you should be writing to fit a certain demographic. I think you just you understand that I mean just like tweaking certain things to be in in the market that you want to be in, um, and also like I believe in like manifestation <laughs> as well. So I believe that like once you're clear on where you're going, it brings forth those ideas. Your like your brain will pick up on you know, okay, oh, I know that person is like the owner of this booking agency and then when you see them like at an event or when you see their name pop up, your reticular activating system will ping um, and you will um, make the association between, okay, actually that's someone that I want to work with. So it's not just all about the woo-woo, it's about making your, um, being very clear in your mind who the key players in the industry are and then, um, and not letting like, meeting people, pass you by and and making sure that you are, um, yeah, positioning yourselves correctly in the market to get where you want to go. There is another juicy hour or so of this conversation left where we dive right into what you actually need to do to get a booking agent or manager. Should you approach them? What is the best way? How does it all work? It is such a good conversation that I really want as many people as possible to listen to. So head to monicastrut.com slash Black Friday to check out the Coachimal bundle. And you'll be able to not only listen, but watch the rest of this workshop as well as five other juicy workshops. You can also check out the other bundles which are available until Friday. The Ultimate Branding Bundle and the Early Bird into the Being in a Band Academy. I've already had a bunch of amazing, amazing musicians enroll into the Academy so far in this launch. So I suggest if you want to get a head start on next year, join us now because we're going to be doing a live event in December that I want everyone to come to. It's via Zoom, of course, because we have a global community in there. Um, But yeah, if you have any questions, hit me up in the DMs on Instagram. I'm Monica Strutt everywhere online, or you can email me contact at monicastrut.com. In the meantime, thank you for listening to the Being in a Band podcast, and I'll speak to you next time. Bye.